Welcome back to To The Point at the Wilson Center's Latin American program. I am your host, Benjamin Gadan. Today, Maria Barone, Global Executive Director at Directorio Legislativo, joins me to discuss the Disappearing Act by Latin America's legislatures during the COVID-19 crisis. Maria Barón, Global Executive Director of Directorio Legislativo. Thank you so much for joining us on To The Point. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Maria, when we discuss the state of democracy in Latin America during the COVID-19 pandemic, we often discuss the increased role of the armed forces in responding to the pandemic. We also talk about the ways that presidents have been using emergency measures to crack down on critics, including in the media, accusing them of spreading fake news. We also hear about governments that are postponing elections, constitutional referenda. Your organization has focused instead largely on the diminished role of parliaments in Latin America and why that is a threat to the democratic systems in the region. A recent report from Directorio Legislativo included some rather disturbing statistics. Only 10% of the emergency economic measures and only 4% of social distancing rules, some of them quite onerous, that were implemented in the first 100 days of these national quarantines were actually approved by democratically elected lawmakers. Tell me, why is this a concern? You know, we always say, why do the, the legislative bodies should have a stronger role? It's not because we wanted it because it's defined that way it balances the power you know something that we always talk about and it's you know extensively written about and so what we've seen in these let's say three stages if we can you know think of it that way the first stage is only executive power uh, elaborating and putting uh, together measures uh, around i would say maybe five issues uh, education, health, economy, sort of work-related um, measures, and then uh, measures related to the transaction of goods in and out. So in that, uh, in moment one, it was zero measures. Moment two, it was what you just said, you know, only 10% uh, related to the legislative power. And now we're seeing that it has, it, that it been normalized, but with a lot of setbacks. When you, and you're going to your original question, when you don't see the legislative uh, branch elaborating new rules or new regulations, you see many problems, but, but two that are really, really relevant. The first one is that you don't have a public process for the debate. And so all these rules are you know, elaborated by someone behind closed doors, not because they're you know, hiding anything, but that's the process. You know, you don't know who is elaborating those rules, who, who, one person or many, uh, and considering what, uh, as opposed to, sorry, the legislative power, you have a formal process, you know, who puts a bill, who is debating, what the positions are of the different parties. Maria, you say that the situation has been normalized because we now see Congresses in the region meeting and legislating again. But if I'm not mistaken, they don't seem to be exercising a lot of control or oversight over spending. And we're seeing you know, extraordinary levels of emergency stimulus spending, not only on public health, but infrastructure, other areas that are you know, typically prone to misconduct, to corruption. Is that your perception as well? Yeah, it's a perception and it's a fact too. 
So I was saying two, two things. One is the overriding of rights when, you know, legislation or regulation comes from the executive. And, and that doesn't happen as easily in the legislative. And then the second one is what you're saying, you know, the control of the spending. And even more so now in pandemic, countries are uh, spending, uh, you know, the line item for COVID is different from the regular, you know, budget. And so what we're seeing is that many of the parliaments don't control what the spending from the executive is. Some are doing it really quite well. I have a couple of examples, but many don't. And they use the regular uh, commissions or committees to uh, sort of control what the executive is doing, not very well. And uh, we're seeing a lot of corruption scandals related to, like you're saying, health issues, but also infrastructure, public works, uh, you know, you name it. And I think the, uh, the, this sort of two, three, four months uh, of falling of the legislative power has given the executive a lot of um, velocity, if I, if I can say, and a lot of um, the country to the legislative. And so it, it, it has taken them, them a lot of time to catch up. So I'm wondering why these democratic systems in Latin America have gone so off kilter in terms of the balance of power between the democratically elected congresses and the executive branch. In the beginning, it seemed like it had to do with logistics and rules related to remote sessions of Congress. Now you've said that Congress has managed to convene in most of the countries, and yet on the most critical issue, arguably, which is these issues related to social distancing measures, the restrictions of rights, often for public health purposes, and spending, we still don't see Congresses in Latin America playing their proper constitutional role. So what was the problem originally? How was it resolved? And why do we still not see the Congress involved in some of the most critical issues in the region? I think it's a matter of, at first you said it, it's a matter of rules. They didn't have the rules to debate online. And as they don't have the rules to control specifically COVID spending. And so it takes time to set up the rules, set up a committee or an agency, whatever, and then do it. Many countries at the beginning, they set up, you know, how to debate online, but then they didn't do it, you know. Uh, and now what we're seeing is the same sort of process, setting up a specific committee to, you know, uh, control, monitor, whatever, the, the spending of the executive. But not all of them are doing it. Uh, it takes a lot of us, you know, for the Congresses, which are really conservative uh, institutions to go away from from that conservatism and uh, you know spearhead something that is you know a tense situation with uh, the executive. It takes uh, you know most of the times it's opposition members that need to spearhead this. I think the good examples are Paraguay and Brazil, uh, where they have set up specific committees. Uh, they receive. Um, Cases from the, from civil society, they publish everything. You can attend the committees. Uh, they go to the courts in the cases where they see specific, you know, uh, not well used of the funding. Uh, but it takes a lot of us. You know, no wonder it's only two that we feel and directorial it's only two committees that are really working well um, uh, regarding the monitoring of the, of the COVID spending. And these are not standing committees. These are ad hoc, you know only for the emergency situation. 
I'm interested in this idea that the presidents in Latin America have this momentum or velocity, as you call it, um, that would suggest that you may have seen a sort of semi-permanent change in the dynamics in these systems. What's your sense that when we get beyond COVID, which we hope at some point will occur, will there be an immediate recalibration of the balance of power in Latin America? Or do you think the concentration of power in places like El Salvador, most notoriously, but in other areas where presidents are governing largely by executive order, will have experienced some kind of permanent shift and it will be hard to rebalance the systems? I would like to, to tell you that, you know, it will be different and, and that the system will be balanced or rebalanced, but I don't know. I think not, <laughs> you know, to be negative. Uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, the specific role of the, uh, of the parliament uh, as too slow and, and uh, too uh, sort of very uh, little relation with uh, with the citizenry, very little use of technology, very um, very little use of evidence to create these new policies that will, you know, in time change the lives of the people that they represent. Uh, so in a way, the executive uh, catch up uh, faster than they have done. Of course, it's a collegiate institution or their college institutions of slower nature and but uh, there's a lot of things to do i would have to like i don't know to end positively they they have done this last catch-up to uh, you know do sessions online and debate online but that's it they do they need to do a lot more and a lot more like i said is on uh, what they debate how they debate how they choose the agenda and you know, and it it has to be faster because this world uh, is different from the world that that we had when these institutions were created in 1850, 1870s, and they're working the same way that they did back then. So there needs to be a change, otherwise the executive is going to lose. Before we conclude, Maria, you and I are both based in Washington. This podcast is about Latin America, but I can't help but ask what you've observed from the United States Congress, which is older than the parliaments in the region. Initially, there were questions similarly about what technologies could be used. Could you do remote sessions? And now it appears that the US Congress is functioning with all the you know, partisan disputes and, and challenges that it has in normal times. You know, How have you found the US Congress's response to the public health and technological obstacles that it has faced during this very severe outbreak of COVID-19 in the United States? I think it, it has been different from the rest of Latin America, for sure. Uh, and there's a, a couple of problems I see, you know, that are there present before the pandemic. So they bring the, these problems to the pandemic. This is, you know, the lack of, you know, uh, younger uh, representatives, the lack of more women. The, the average for Latin America is a lot higher. Uh, and then the nature of the debate. So the ability of the different um, members and different parties to bring up uh, specific items of the agenda is almost impossible, as opposed to other countries in Latin America, which, you know, maybe less or they have weaker institutions, but that uh, is more guaranteed in a way. Uh, so I would say those three things, lack of, you know, 
the members to bring other items of the agenda than the majority party. And younger people are not uh, acceding to those uh, posts as members, and uh, in, in that, as a sub issue, the lack of women. Maria Barón, Global Executive Director of Directorio Legislativo, an advocacy group that researches and promotes better functioning of legislatures throughout the Western Hemisphere. Thank you so much for joining us on To The Point. Thank you, Benjamin. This episode of To The Point was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. For more on this subject, visit our website www.wilsoncenter.org slash LAP. Thanks for listening.